Hi, I'm Ewan Mockery, Master Trainer of NLP. This podcast is about your conscious and your unconscious minds. In modern science, the working assumption is that your consciousness has evolved in line with Darwinian principles and that it arises due to chemical reactions inside your brain because that gave your ancestors an evolutionary advantage. Now, personally, that isn't my view, but the origins and the meaning of consciousness itself is a deep philosophical question, one that is often referred to by psychologists as the hard problem. NLP doesn't offer a solution to this problem. NLP basically says that it matters not how consciousness arises, let's just understand its processes so that we can have better lives now. We simply operate under the assumption that you have a conscious and you have an unconscious mind and they work together to make you who you are. It's not that the origins and the meaning of consciousness aren't important. Personally, I think it's very important. It's just that from an NLP perspective, these questions are left unanswered for now. And instead, we focus on what one can do with consciousness. As an analogy, you don't need to know the finer details of quantum physics in order to know that when you turn on a light switch, you get light. The basic working assumption in NLP is that your conscious mind is dealing with what you're aware of, and your unconscious mind is dealing with, right now, what you're not aware of. So before I mentioned it, you probably weren't aware of your legs against the chair, or your back against the chair, or your breathing. But you can become aware of them now as I mention it. Conscious and unconscious processes are both important. All of your life experience is a constant interaction between your conscious and your unconscious mind. It's your unconscious mind that's in charge of your perceptions, seeing, hearing, feeling, smelling and tasting. So for example, light comes in through your eyes, but it's your unconscious mind that sees. Often the information that you can see is put together based on context and upon prior experience. Which is why we can sometimes have the experience of seeing something in the distance, which, after we look at it for a little longer, we find that it changes from what we were originally perceiving it as into what it really is. This also explains why it's possible to fool your mind with optical illusions, and why, in stage hypnosis, people can act in strange ways, such as drinking water but thinking it tastes like vinegar, or eating a lemon yet thinking it's actually an orange. Your unconscious mind does many more things for you too. Some of these are that it stores and organises your memories. It does this through the mechanism of the gestalt, which you could imagine as a string of pearls, whereby similar events and experiences are grouped together. Your unconscious also uses the metaphorical concept of a timeline to organise your memories and plans. The timeline is a spatial representation of the past, which might mean that you have a sense of your memories of the past being to your left or behind you, and ideas about what you want to do in the future maybe to your right or in front of you, with other combinations being possible too. This is why people will often say to you, if you've had a difficult experience, put that behind you. It's important for you to have a sense of the past and the future in this way, because all of your life experience happens in one continuous now anyway. It is your unconscious mind that runs your body for you, so it pumps your blood, breathes for you, extracts nutrients from your food and fights infection, to name a few. 
your unconscious mind is in charge of instincts and generates habits. An instinct is something like your fight and flight response. It's hardwired in. If you are threatened, your fight and flight response will kick in and you'll choose the most appropriate of these and act accordingly. And it's your unconscious mind that's in charge of that. You don't need to think about it consciously. Now, habits, on the other hand, are something that you've learned over time. And you can get good habits and bad habits. In fact, one could say of a habit that a habit is only a habit until you know that you're doing it. After that, it's become a choice. This is connected to learning too. Both the conscious and the unconscious mind can become involved in the process of learning something. Often the conscious mind becomes engaged in doing something that's new to us or that we're not good at doing. Once we've learned that thing, regardless of how competent we are at it, it is then our unconscious mind that runs that process for us. Learning to drive is a good example here. Before we learned how to drive, we were conscious of our incompetence about driving. In learning how to drive, we had to utilise a lot of conscious attention. We had to watch the road, look in the mirror, listen to the engine, gauge our speed, anticipate the actions of other drivers and pedestrians. And then, when changing gear, we needed to add to all of this the coordinating of our hand and foot movements as well. Sometimes a learning process can seem difficult because our conscious mind cannot do as much at once as our unconscious mind can. One often goes through what you might call conscious competence before attaining unconscious competence. In fact, in NLP we work with the assumption that all learning, change and behaviour happen unconsciously. Yes, the conscious mind often gets involved in doing things that we're not yet good at doing, but once we have learned, then the unconscious carries out these processes for us. So if you want to change something in your life, you need to get that change at the unconscious level to make sure you get the change. This is what much of the NLP content is aimed at achieving for people. Even raising your arm in the air is an unconscious process. Yes, you might have conscious volition to raise your arm in the air, but it's your unconscious that does it for you. Do you know consciously in what order to move your muscles to raise your arm in the air? Another assumption that we work with in NLP is that it's our conscious minds that we use predominantly to set goals for ourselves. But, because it's our unconscious mind that runs our behaviour, then it's the unconscious mind that delivers on our consciously set goals. Milton Erickson, the medical doctor and hypnotherapist who was one of the people modelled as part of the creation of NLP, said, My patients are my patients because they're out of rapport with their own unconscious minds. This is one of the important approaches that NLP adds to coaching. It's the conscious utilisation of the power of the client's unconscious mind. One of the reasons that a client will be sitting in front of me in the first place is that they've already utilised all the conscious resources that they have to achieve their goal, to overcome their problem, to understand or change their life situation. As a coach, I assist clients in utilising more of their unconscious strategies and abilities, their values and beliefs, to help them to make the unconscious connections that they have hitherto not made so that they can achieve the results that they want. So are your conscious and your unconscious minds working together? Are they aligned? Are they in rapport? Are they even on speaking terms with each other? 
The world is changing. Acquire the thinking needed for the world of tomorrow today. I'm Ewan Mockery. Thanks for listening.